What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there. We at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire Pods, search for us on iTunes or check out BlueWirePods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Blue Wire. Kawhi Leonard is going to join the Clippers. Kawhi turns the corner for the win. Three on the way. Yes. Paul George nails it. Lou Williams for the win. Bingo. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Clip and Roll. I am your host, Justin Russo. I'm your other host, Farbad S. Nishari from Sports Illustrated. This podcast is being brought to you by Blue Wire and Bet Online, your online wagering solution. We have another special guest for you on this episode. We have comedy director Paymon Benz. He is the director on shows such as Brooklyn Nine Nine, Who Is America with Sasha Baron Cohen, and most recently Black Monday with Paul Shear and Don Cheadle. And Paymon's actually a big diehard Clipper fan and had the opportunity to be a special guest photographer for the team and it also will probably be the only time in clipper roll history where you'll have two persians on the same podcast <laughs> listen you're not wrong okay it was that conversation was fun but we're going to start this off with some clipper news right off the bat uh clippers assistant general manager mark hughes as we all know was a finalist for the chicago bulls general manager job unfortunately he did not get the job so he's going to remain with the Los Angeles Clippers for the time being. Uh, Los Angeles Times staff writer Andrew Greif had a, a wonderful article about Mark Hughes yesterday and basically went into what his entire basketball background was, including uh, playing pickup games against Magic Johnson in high school. He was the co-captain on Michigan's 1989 championship team. He head coached in the, uh, in the Continental Basketball Association he came up with the Knicks on their staff and eventually was under Doc Rivers with the Orlando Magic. And now he's with the Clippers as their assistant general manager. And that's where he's going to be for the time being. But, you know, I mean, in a weird way, Farbaugh, Chicago not hiring him is just great news for the Clippers because they get to keep another brilliant guy on their staff. Yeah, I mean, if the Clippers can just keep retaining everything that they have because they have such a dream team squad of coaches coaches, assistants, video coordinators from top to bottom, you know, scouting. As long as they can keep that for as long as possible, it's always going to be in their benefit. Granted, you always want to see somebody do well, but at the same time, if the Clippers get to keep them, it's a positive. Last offseason, while the Clippers were getting Kawhi Leonard in free agency, they also retained general manager Michael Winger, who was up for the president of basketball operations job with the Minnesota Timberwolves, but he decided not to take it. Likewise, assistant general manager Trent Redden was up for the general manager job with the New Orleans Pelicans, and he turned it down. 
Jerry West returned to the Clippers to still be their consultant. Doc Rivers stayed with the Clippers as their head coach. So now that Mark Hughes is staying on as the assistant general manager for the time being, this really is a bountiful and boon period for the Clippers in terms of, as you said, great minds, great scouting staff, uh, an analytics department, all these things. This feels for the first time in what is probably ever a top flight organization when it comes to basketball knowledge and understanding. Yeah, it definitely just feels like with this team, they in the organization, they're just not making bad decisions. It's like you fully trust everybody and what they're capable of. There's no more, uh, let's trade for Byron Mullins or let's get Jared Dudley or anything like that. You know, it's it's interesting because, you know, the NFL draft just happened this past weekend. And one of the big takeaways for me with any draft is the teams that are always the most successful in the draft are the teams that just don't do dumb things. And that's how it should be for any franchise in any sport if you just don't do dumb things. And I'm not saying you have to do smart things. Just avoid doing stupid stuff. Just don't be the Timberwolves. <laughs> that That's mean. <laughs> I was, I, just don't be the Knicks, maybe? Yeah, or the Kings. Or the Suns. Eh. At least the Kings were solid last year. I, I'm just going to say, just don't be the Knicks. All right, don't be the Knicks. Yeah, there there we go. Just don't be the Knicks. Um, I don't know if this, like, I don't know how much longer Marquise is going to stay with the Clippers because obviously, you know, teams want him. Uh, Andrew Greif wrote the article, as I said, for LA Times. And he in there, he goes into detail and he says, this is a direct quote from him, by the way. Quote, uh, Mark Hughes was heavily involved in the Knicks drafting Landry Fields, Iman Shepard, and Tim Hardaway during a four-year stretch, all of whom were taken outside of the lottery yet became first-team all-rookie selections. Tim Hardaway is underrated in my opinion, by the way. He is. He's a very good player. I, I feel like because of his contract, he just gets grief that shouldn't be there. But, you know, this is a guy who has experience in the personnel department with scouting and strategy and all these things. And... As Andrew Greif went into detail in his piece, last season, he was one of the Clippers executives that would go to Toronto Raptors games to see Kawhi Leonard in person. Oh, he was one of the secret agents? Yes. Yes. He was one of the puppet masters behind the scenes pulling the strings. He's a member of S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, by the way, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., very good show that's no longer here. Um, So he's a guy that does the little things. And that's someone that should be appreciated. I would have loved to see him get the Chicago Bulls uh, general manager job, but it helps the Clippers that he stays. And I'm all for that. I'm all for the Clippers being better than every other team in the league. So look, it sucks for Mark Hughes, at least right now, but I do believe there's going to be other jobs for him in the future because of how good he is and what his track record has been. Yeah. And I'm sure... (laughs) I'm sure they're going to mention the last dance documentary that Jerry Krause is the reason why Mark Hughes didn't get the job. But Okay, real quick. I'm kind of glad that in episodes three and four of the last dance, they stopped crapping on Jerry Krause. Yeah, but it's also like if Phil didn't like you and Scotty didn't like you and MJ didn't like you, like that's a lot of people. Like if one guy calls you an asshole or if you call one guy an asshole, Maybe that guy is an asshole, but if you call like four people an asshole, then you're probably an asshole. But also, I think it's hard to be a general manager at the height of what Jerry Krause was doing with the Chicago Bulls and not be an asshole. It's part of what makes you so good at your job. Like, think about the trades he made. 
like even Jordan said, like, you know, some of the trades that he made impacted them winning the title in a positive way. And, you know, like, think about it. Like, I don't want to get too much in the last dance, which I'm sure everyone's watching because it's an incredible show. Hashtag Clippers almost won in two OT. Deal with it. But I do want to talk something about the Clippers when it comes to the last dance, but I'll get to that in a second. The thing, like Jerry Krause hired Phil Jackson to be the assistant coach to Doug Collins and was the guy who also hired Tex Winter. So I do think he deserves some of the credit. I mean, he deserves the credit, but he also just seems like he's not good with people. Like, there's like all I can think is if you if you said some of the stuff that he said in such a player-driven era like it is now where players have all the control, like you'd be out of there so fast. Oh, yeah. Like you can't say this, like you can't have the press conferences he was having yeah. now. Like you just, I mean, but then again, I, I also don't think that players would say that stuff to a general manager's face. Now, like the nineties were just wild times. I think they could still say that stuff to a general manager's face. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if like on the Knicks or something, they, they did <laughs> the Knicks. Why are we crapping out the dick? I don't know why we're crapping out the dick. Why not? But but I do want to talk about this real quick about the Clippers as it pertains to the last dance. The one thing that kind of bothered me in the early, in the first two episodes of it, they didn't really talk about how the Bulls almost traded Jordan. First off, they almost traded him before they picked him because he was a draft pick at the time. And right before they went on the clock, they were talking a three-team trade between the, I believe it was the Sun. No, excuse me. It was a three-team trade that Chicago was talking between the Mavericks and also the Clippers, where the Clippers would have possibly gotten the number three pick. And uh, look, Jordan would have been on the board for them. Who knows if they take him and who knows if he's as great as he is in a different setting. Like everything changes. But the one that they didn't talk about was the trade that almost happened in 1990 or 1988. And I feel like that kind of got swept under the rug, and I'm, I don't really appreciate it that much. I mean, I, I believe we wrote an article about that for Sports Illustrated, but the only thing I can say is you have to you have to add that to one of the banners. Almost got Jordan. Hey, man, hang it up. I don't care. Hang it up in the hang it up in the in the rafters. I'm good with that. So in 1988, the Clippers were coming off a 17 and 65 season. The thing that would have enticed the bulls among all like you gotta, you gotta take yourself back to that time and remember and remind yourself Michael Jordan's reputation was probably he's the best player in the league, but he's not necessarily a winner. Like they weren't winning the playoff series and things like that. And then there was a whole thing with Jerry Reinsdorf, Reinsdorf possibly moving the Chicago white Sox to Florida and all this other behind the scenes stuff. However, the trade in theory, that was actually discussed between Reinsdorf and Donald Sterling was that it would be any combination of five players and or draft picks. Uh, some of the players likely that would have been traded like Michael, Michael Cage, Benoit Benjamin, Mike Woodson, stuff like that. But the real prize that Chicago would have gotten in that trade. Those are two really cool names, Michael Cage and Benoit Benjamin. I just want to put that out there, but go on. And former future or future. Oh, excuse me. Let me put it in proper terms. Future former Clippers assistant coach, Mike Woodson. Oh yeah. Look at that. Uh, the real prize though for Chicago in this proposed trade would have been the Clippers had two top six picks that year. Um, Jerry Krause loved Rick Smith's. They were also high on Mitch Richmond. Mitch Richmond went fifth in the draft, but there was a possibility that Richmond could be there at six or that they could trade for someone like Kevin Johnson to be their point guard. 
So there was a theory that um, you could have the Bulls with like Mitch Richmond, Charles Oakley, Scottie Pippen, Rick Smith, even Horace Grant, Rod Strickland, such as stuff like that, like those kind of guys. And look, that's still a really good team. Now, obviously, Michael Jordan's arguably the greatest basketball player of all time. That let's not mince words. He's arguably, I would even, I, I still think he probably is the greatest basketball player of all time. It depends if you how people had feel. Said otherwise, I would have left the show immediately. I'm fine though with people who say LeBron. No, nope, we're we're that's we good. We good. That's, that's no, fine. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to know why the Chicago Bulls didn't trade him to the Clippers that year? Hit hit me with it. Michael Jordan, this is this is what Donald Sterling was told by Jerry Reinsdorf that Jordan was just too profitable and too talented for the Bulls to trade at that point. Basically, the reason they kept Michael Jordan is because they were just he was so profitable to them. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of like honestly, I probably the same thing would have happened to Blake Griffin if Donald Sterling was still the owner. They they would have never traded Blake Griffin because he was too profitable. Yeah, like like image image means a lot, and I don't think people understand that to the degree that they should. Like Michael Jordan's image at the time, like you know, Larry Bird described him that was that was God. Yeah, and and the other NBA players called him Black Jesus. The Last Dance is an incredible series, so I just want to say that it's been incredible. It's great theater. I just thought they should have covered that that possible almost trade, just because. Not only does that trade does not only would that have changed the fortunes of the Chicago Bulls, but probably the Los Angeles Clippers in a lot of ways. But also just shows the uncertainty of the Bulls organization that they had all the time too. Right, and hey, look, the Clippers have been in that boat before. They had uncertainty, like for thirty years, they had uncertainty. For thirty years, they had a certainty that they were going to be bad. <laughs> That's you know, you're, you're listen, you're not wrong. <laughs> I'm just roasting everything today. Yeah, you're in a mood, man. Uh, coming up after the break, we will be talking with Paymon Benz, so stay tuned. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you would be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, stalls hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Las Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? Not a problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations that you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and yes, even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest from Coney Island. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Get to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. Guys, looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? Get to bluechew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. 
Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit bluechew.com and get your first order free when you use the promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. Hey everybody, welcome back. We have our special guest for this episode, Paymon Benz. Paymon, give him a little hello. Hello, thanks for having me. So for anyone who wants to know, Paymon's actually the director of some of your favorite shows, like Who is America, Black Monday. What what else do you have on the table that you want fans to know about? Uh, just because it's relevant right now, I'd go back and watch The Last Man on Earth on Hulu because it's about <laughs> literally what's happening right now. You might learn something or what le- learn what not to do. Um, but yeah, probably that. <laughs> So you directed a couple episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, correct? Uh, yeah, I think four, four or five episodes. I think four, yeah. What was it like to shoot with that cast? Oh, they're, that cast is the best. I mean, they're all, everybody's so chill, and they all, you know, they know their character so well. It's, it's, a, it's a blast. I mean, there's so many freaking heavy hitters on that on that uh on that cast but yeah that's one of my favorite shows to work on for sure that was uh at the on the paramount lot right uh no they're actually uh they're at cbs radford in studio city oh hey i so when i you'll you'll appreciate this but when i used to work on dr phil i remember brooklyn 99 was shooting at paramount at the same time hold on a second hold on hold on you worked on dr phil yeah (laughs) Why? Why did you just brush? The, I didn't even know you brushed that like right yeah. aside. Like, oh yeah, by the way, when I worked on Doctor, you work on Doctor Phil. Yeah, for like two years. <laughs> what did you do? I was like in charge of the audience a lot of times, and then for a brief moment, I was talent coordinator. And that in that brief moment was the episode that the Cash Me Outside girl was there, and I was in charge of her the whole day. Oh no, dude! How have you never told me this? Yeah, that's that's a huge like life story right there. <laughs> like, I remember we had to take her and like, I I I she was kind of acting it up for the camera, but she's still kind of crazy at the same time. And then like after I I had to escort out for like thirteen cigarette breaks, which was weird because she was like twelve. <laughs> and then. Like, and then after I escorted her her trailer or her dressing room, I had to escort her mom. And her mom is like talking to me and she's like, I don't know what to do with her. And I was like, yo, man, like, I don't want any part of this drama. Like, don't ask me. Oh my God. <laughs> That's not your Jeez. job. <laughs> and like, I'll never forget oh that the second the cameras went on, she started throwing water bottles at us. And she's like, get those cameras out of my face, out of my face. Uh... And like, we just thought it was funny and nobody thought it would be like a big deal. And then that blew up like months later. Wow. Oh my God. Farbaud, you're a little famous now. I guess. Yeah, this, uh, this is well, anyway, shooting, we're going back to shooty hoops. We're going to talk shooty oh, hoops. That's, that's <laughs> good. We have to talk about basketball. It, it is far about it is in our contract. We have to talk about it. Yeah. I'm just here so I don't get fined. All right. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> this might be the only time in history I'm going to have a podcast with another Persian guy and it's two Persian guys on a podcast. <laughs> it might be literally the only one ever. Yeah. Talking about oh. basketball? Like that'll never happen again. <laughs> I'm sure there's a law we're breaking right now. 
<laughs> and, this, and the way this country's climate has gone, probably. <laughs> so how long have you been a Clipper fan for? Like, what was the first game you've been to? Uh, I first, first game, I don't remember. Cause when I, when I, cause I moved out here in 06, it may have been that first year. Cause they used to be so, oh my God, they were so cheap. It was the only thing I could afford to go to. Um, and then in 07, 08, um, I had a buddy who, uh, invited me to a game and, and he was like, Hey, I have a passes to a suite. And I thought that was like, cool. And then I went and then realized, like, it's not fun at all. You're so far away and you're not around fans. Uh, but it was the it was the year that the um, Patriots were undefeated, and it was Monday night. And when we walked into the suite, all these agents in suits were watching uh, the Monday night football game and not the basketball game they drove to. Uh, and I just love underdogs, and I was really mad on behalf of this team I didn't really know much about. And I was like, screw these rich guys. I'm a Clipper fan. And then... I sat in the front row of the suite and watched them come back and lose. And then, uh, and then I just kind of latched on because it was like fun. It was kind of fun to root for this, like, you know, organization that had such bad luck. And then to see them turn it around, it's been really great. See, now I feel kind of bad because I went to uh, a Clippers magic game in uh, 2014. And on the night that game took place, it was the national championship uh, for football between Florida state and Auburn, I believe. Wow. And that was like, that was the Cam Newton game where like Cam Newton won the national championship and all that. Yeah. And at halftime of the Clippers magic game, there was probably, and I'm not exaggerating. So remember at Staples center where the, I, I, I can't remember what the name of the bar is now, but it's, I think it has like a beach name where it's like almost like a patio bar, but it's on the, oh. it's on the, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. 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 It's right next to, between Ludo bird and where the Wahoos is now. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and that used to be a different name at the time and they had it and the TV's still there on the wall. Like when you walk by, you can kind of just watch things. Yeah. And the football game was on and I'm not exaggerating. The third quarter started and there was about 400 people huddled around one TV watching the end of this national championship game. Wow. And I'm just oh like, man, God. I feel like such a crappy fan. And then I'm like, eh, they're playing Orlando. Orlando stinks. Hey, that's, I mean, it is also it's a national championship. It's the end of a game like that. I could go this, this other one. I was like, no, they were sitting on couches. Like no one was even, I mean, it was, I was like, guys, there aren't TVs like also in the same angle of looking towards the hoop. It was just, it was it was very sad. I've been in suites before, and I kind of get the same vibe. Like they're so far away from the action sometimes. Yeah, I don't really know what the point is. Like, like what? Just to feel cool? There's nothing cool about it. You literally it. Like, don't go to a suite to watch the game. You go there to get the food and be bougie. Like, there's no yeah. other reason. You want to like post on Instagram that you were in a suite, basically. You know what it is? You want you want the fans in the rows in front of you to turn back and to see who's actually in the suite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because we've all been there. We're like, we'll see someone in a suite, but like, what the hell does that person even do to get into a suite? Like, really? Like, what are we doing? It's funny. Uh, you mentioned how cheap the tickets used to be back then, and mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> this I think will make you laugh. Like. I think it was like 2009 around the Baron Davis era. The Clippers had a promotion where it was like, Oh, if you test drive a Kia, you'll get two free hundred level tickets. And like me in college wow. was like, I went to, 
I went to like four different Kia places and I was like, yo, I'm not even going to test drive anything. I just want the Clipper tickets. (laughs) I got like, I got like four or five pairs of like section 108 tickets from like test driving a Kia when I told him I just wanted Clipper tickets. Yeah, that's fantastic. Oh my God. You know how much time you saved with by not test actually test driving? That was what college me did, dude. He just figured out ways to not spend money and get stuff. To Brilliant. be fair, that's most of life. <laughs> <laughs> most of life is trying to figure out ways to spend as little money as possible, but get the most return on your investment. <laughs> so oh, man, I want to start a couple games with you while we got you on here. The first one is huh? something we did with Paul, which was start, bench, and cut, which seems to be a really popular thing on Twitter. Yeah. And I'm just going to throw out the haymaker right in the beginning, which is LeBron, Kawhi, and Giannis. Jeez. Okay. Um, uh, I would say I would uh, start Kawhi. I would bench LeBron and I would cut Giannis. I'd agree with that. I agree Yeah, I feel like that that one actually – yeah, I'm like I don't – I. it would hurt me more to lose Kawhi or LeBron. Uh, Which sounds Giannis. crazy because Giannis is probably en route to a second straight MVP. I know. That's the crazy thing. But I'm like, uh, I don't know if you really want to like – I mean, you know, he'll win eventually, and then he'll be one of those guys. I just, I think he's like almost there. Um, it's still not like, yeah, he's just he's he's really talented, but I still want to see him turn that corner. Chris Paul, John Stockton, and Steve Nash. Ooh, Chris Paul, John Stockton, and Steve Nash. Woo, boy. Um, I would probably. Oh boy. I would probably, I would actually start, I would start, oh man, this is hard. I would start Nash, I would bench CP, and I would and I would cut John Stockton because I never liked Utah in that era, so I couldn't put him on my team. To be fair, That's, you're not alone yeah. with the not liking Utah thing. Yeah, it's, I it's tough. Back That's in the hard, day, on like the, the basketball hoop in my backyard, I'd always have, me and my brother would play and we'd be the Bulls and the Jazz. And like the person who was the bad guy was always the Jazz and that's who we try to beat. Yeah, it is funny. I feel like I root, I, even though I like a lot of their players, I like part of the reason I like watching them lose is because I loved watching Jordan beat them. <laughs> so I feel like that carried over. What about if everyone was in their prime, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, and Derrick Rose? Oh boy. If everyone's so you're talking, in there, you're talking MVP rows, then, right? Yeah, and there's MVP uh, rows, MVP Westbrook, and second and MVP Chris Paul, basically. I would, man, I would. Uh, if it's prime, I would probably start Paul just because I think he's a better, like, point guard per se. And then I would bench Rose, and I would, as much as I love Russell Westbrook, he's an easy cut for me. Ooh. 30, 10, and 10. Yeah. I love him, but I'm just like, I don't, I don't, uh, his judgment in those last couple minutes, like, I've been a Westbrook defender for a long time, and I'm, I'm losing my, my, uh, patience. All right. So I, I have a Dennis Rodman related one. Oh, Carmen (laughs) Electra. (laughs) Okay. Hold on. Carmen Electra, Madonna, and Kim Jong un. Uh, now wait, is this basketball? What are we doing? What are they doing? Yeah, as it pertains to basketball for Dennis Rodman, because 
he dated two of them when he was in the NBA, and then he got involved with Kim Jong-un and their basketball association after he was yeah. done with the NBA. I would probably, uh, I would start Madonna, I would bench Carmen Electra, and you gotta, you gotta cut the dictator. <laughs> I would have okay. to cut Kim Jong-un. <laughs> Cutting the dictator seems like an easy decision. But, you know. <laughs> is this the highlight clip? If this is the highlight clip, we're in trouble. Oh my god! So obviously, you're a com- you direct mostly comedies, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. On the current Clippers roster, who do you think would be the best leading man in a comedy? Man, I actually. What, what would you have it be about? as well a leading man in a comedy man because there's some really good personalities on the team um i would geez i'm trying to think in a comedy i would actually you know what it would probably be Kawhi because i know he's funny uh he's really understated like when i when i show comedy friends who are not into basketball like clips of Kawhi answering questions like they're they're always like this is the funniest guy in the league. What's going on? How is this guy so funny? Um, probably is like, God, what? I don't even know what role you'd have to almost be a version of himself. I just feel like he's just so good at deadpan. I mean, there's nothing better than there was a game earlier this year where they they after the game they won and and the the reporter was like, "How do you feel?" And he said, "Good. We just won a basketball game." And I was <laughs> like, cr- I was crying laughing because he said it so straight. He's just like, I don't know what you want. There was a great one last year where they won. Everybody went into the locker room. He was being interviewed and they're like, how do you and your teammates feel about this? And he goes, well, I don't know. I have to go back there and ask them how they're feeling. (laughs) I don't know why you're asking me that question. I kind of would want to see a show where he's just deadpan and a bunch of girls hit on him and he just gives straight face answers to all these girls. I mean, he's just, he's amazing. I mean, it would be him or Bev, because I think Bev is hilarious. Okay, I'm glad you brought this up, because my idea would be a buddy cop comedy with the two of them, and Kawhi's the deadpan uh, officer, and Pat's the eccentric guy who's, like, out of his mind. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah. I mean, that, yeah, let's make that now. I I mean, that sounds so, (laughs) that sounds so fun. Um. When it gets made, I expect compensation. Yeah, absolutely. You no, know, you get royalties, you'll get a producer credit, you'll get, you'll get all of it. Yeah. Finally, my it. life has meaning. <laughs> it's funny recording Kawhi as like as a as a reporter, like as a media guy, you know like ninety nine percent of the answers are just gonna be like, We played hard, it was good, and I'm, and we were like, Okay, well that doesn't matter if I record it, but Anytime he does something, which he doesn't do often, but when he does something, that thing will go so viral, even if it's just him yeah. moving a Gatorade bottle. Like, it, it, it really is. I mean, and then sometimes just, you know, he's been, his sarcasm is really funny. It was the game where right after the game, they all went to uh, San Diego for a jersey retirement. And there was a reporter that was like, are you guys going in the same plane? Was and right he said, no. Oh, yeah. Then she was like, how are you getting there? And he's like, I'm going to walk. I mean, that's so funny for an athlete to just be that, be that like deadpan. And then what was it? A few days later, they were like, did you walk? And he said, yeah, I'm really tired. (laughs) Come on, man. That guy rules. That was the most unexpected thing I think I saw (laughs) all season in covering Kawhi. Like that was 
hand because first of all he takes forever to get ready and that day he got out quick and we're like okay this is nice and then he comes over there and then like uh, apparently like he didn't know the team was gonna surprise him for the jersey tournament and one of the rookies accidentally said it in the group chat and then doc rivers also accidentally said it to the media so then when they asked him are you gonna be on the plane with the team and he was just kind of denying it was because like he just didn't want to reveal that he knew the surprise type thing oh god gotcha. and then everything just kind of got confused and then he was just like i'm a walk <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. it was great that's such a great answer and when we went into the locker room like everyone was like looking at their phones and being like he effing ruined the surprise and they're all just looking at their phones talking smack in the group chat like, <laughs> of right course it was that. a rookie oh man that's what's what's been the thing because of everything going on that's changed the most for you i mean for me it's it, there's so much of my work is like meeting up with people and talking and going to coffee shops or you know it's it's the meetings it's like doing doing all this stuff through zoom is is you know it, it's okay it's just it's a little weird because especially the way i work like i'm i only like to work with people that i like personally so i want to spend time with them before we get to that creative process so i think like you know as much as i can incubate and develop ideas i think just the the human connection side is really tough when you're a storyteller if you don't have that um so i think it's yeah i think it's just that it's just a it's it's hard to imagine um yeah being able to make something really great until i can like look somebody in the eye i remember right before the season kind of went to a hiatus there was a game where you got to be the guest for you were a guest photographer for the team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was Against, what was that experience uh, like? Oh, it was amazing. Cause you know, that they're the the I mean the, the digital team is has just been crushing it the last couple of years. And their their photo and video stuff specifically is like I just love it as a filmmaker because it really um it really represents like the voice and culture of the team. They're not just getting stuff, like it has a look. And I had I had mentioned that to some of the people on the team and then it slowly, and then eventually somebody was like, do you want to shoot a game sometime? And I was like, what? Sure. I, that would be a dream. I've always wanted to take like cinematic photos of a, of a team of the, of the Clippers, like at a game. And then um, it was super fun. I got to be out there with this, like a 200 millimeter lens and just blasting shots from like, uh, like up where the TV cameras are. And then I got to go down into the press area at one point towards the end. And, it was a rush. I mean, I've always had a ton of respect for sports photographers and videographers because it's such a difficult job. But now more than ever, now I realize like you have to not only be quick, but you have to really know the game and know the player's tendencies. Because if you know what PG generally does when he you know, comes around a screen, like you're, there's a better chance you're going to get the shot in, in warmups, I was just practicing and like Bev faked me out without even knowing he did it. He faked me out. And I was like, where'd he go? I like couldn't even find him in the viewfinder. Um, and then there was one dunk PG had that was amazing. And right when he went up, my camera lost focus and I'm still mad about it to this day. They got like a million angles of it. They got like the better ones, but, um, it's a man. It's a tough job. I was sweating. It was, it was. I mean, it was a blast. I mean, I, I, I can't believe they let me do that. It was a total dream come true. Who's the funniest person that you've worked with? 
Ooh, man. Um, and it doesn't have to be on camera funny. It could just be in like, just in general, the funniest person you've worked with. Um, man, it's honestly there. I mean, I've been able to work with so many funny people, probably, probably will forte. Cause will is just, it, you can't say effortless. Cause he is, there is effort. He just like, I don't know. There's something about will that just makes me laugh more than anybody. Um, is it just natural for him? Yeah, he's just like, and he's just like a naturally silly man, and I and I <laughs> relate to it. You know, he reminds me a lot of like a modern Steve Martin. There's just things about Will that remind me of Steve Martin. I think that's what I just I take to it because he's just so he's very easy to swallow. Um, he just has a yeah. It's probably Will, but man, I yeah. I even if I thought about it, I don't know if it would end up with another answer because there's been some pretty uh hilarious people but yeah forte forte is pretty great so we got a we got a Kawhi leonard patrick beverly buddy cop comedy give us <laughs> give us the name of this movie um oh boy what would this the thing this thing would be that movie would be called a buddy cop comedy with bev and and Kawhi. Yeah, I'm a better writer than I am an improviser, so I'm trying to think quickly. <laughs> if it was Paul Shear, he'd have an answer by now, and it would be like perfect. Um, um, oh boy, oh my god, <laughs> what the hell? I uh, something something would maybe. Oh man, if they're cops. How do you call it something dog? I was like, I'm trying to think of getting the word dog and getting mud in there. Uh, muddy dog cops. <laughs> muddy dog cops. They, you know what it is? It's like a bad porno. Dude. No, you know what it is? It's an animated one. It's muddy dog cops. And it's a bunch of puppy. It's a bunch of like puppy cops that are puppies and they play in the mud. Um and I think I think that's what, and they get in trouble. No, there can be a better version of this. We need an R-rated version of this. Um, man, that's a we, really we need hard something, one. We need something Paradise PD or similar. Is what we're go, what we need? Yeah, we need we need something. We need something. I'm trying to think of like every quote I've heard these guys say. Um, man, this is so embarrassing. I'm completely drawing a blank. How about we just call it the for now the the as of yet untitled Kawhi Leonard, Patrick Beverly cop, a buddy cop movie. <laughs> we'll, we'll <laughs> until we get the DVD release. Yeah. 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 It'll be like edge of tomorrow where yeah, it originally exactly. it had like an original name and then they changed it because I, I guess people just thought like, like, what was it? It was like, uh, it was like live, die, repeat was like the original name. Right. W- was it something like that? Oh my God. That's a yeah, terrible yeah, title. <laughs> Yeah, oh, and they changed it to Edge of Tomorrow, which is kind of weird because nothing about Edge of Tomorrow, like the only reason that name kind of works is because like he was always on the verge of getting to the next day and never got there. Yeah, it's like it kind of works, but it also just sounds good. It just seems like, oh, that's a good that's a good title to promote. People remember that. Did you as a director ever get any chance to do anything with Blake Griffin or did you ever ever have any interactions with him? No, actually, I never, um, I had a meeting at his company, like probably about four or five months before 
uh, the trade to Detroit, but he wasn't in the meeting, but I actually haven't. I'm one of the rare people in comedy who's a Clipper fan that hasn't uh, dealt with Blake yet. Um, but I, I would cast that guy in a heartbeat. He's like legit funny. Like he's like an actor. Like, he makes like, he doesn't do that thing athletes do where they're just like robotic and you know, they've never really emoted before. Uh, but he's like, he makes like real comedy choices. Uh, so, you know, hopefully one day I, I would, I would work with that guy if I had a chance. At the, uh, at the height of Lob City, like, and this is my very first year with the team, like eight years ago. And I was no facial hair, baby face intern. We're standing, we're sitting at the table outside, uh, setting stuff up. And it's like the sponsorship table. And this lady runs at us out of nowhere and she's kind of intense and she's just like she's like and no joke she goes three thousand dollars puts it on the table she's like i need to meet blake griffin what can you do and she just puts three thousand dollars on the table what yeah to try and meet blake griffin and like i'm just like what what the hell do i do here and i looked at my other intern friends and we were just like i don't know and like it was such a hard decision because you want to say yes and try to take the money, but you're just like, I have no idea where to start to make this happen. But that's how obsessed with Blake Griffin people were back then. Well, there's a version where Blake would find that funny, and there's a version where, because you go up to Blake and be like, hey, this lady, like, we could split this three ways. What do you think? Do you want want to, like, meet this lady? But also, I could see him being like, yeah, is this a crazy person? Like, who has just three grand to drop? If you have three grand to drop, I'm sure you know somebody that can maybe like get you in touch. All in cash, and she just put it on a table. Like, what a funny amount too. It's not even like five. That it was like she couldn't get four. She was just like, well, I got three grand, so I'm just gonna go there with three grand and see if they'll do it. Three grand sounds odder than twenty five hundred dollars. It's way odder. It's like it's it's. What was her plan? She just wanted to say hi to him. And then, oh, I remember now. She had a shirt. <laughs> it's either I think it was her pants or her shorts. It said, "Check out my badunka dunks." <laughs> oh, yeah. This is like a a human red flag. This is yeah. <laughs> you don't. Yeah, Blake's not safe if you're if he's around this person. I wish someone gave me three grand to meet me. That'd be nice. The badunka dunks. That's a good buddy cop comedy. <laughs> Unreal. Those pants cost five thousand dollars. Oh my god. Well, uh, thanks for stopping by. Um, I hope yeah. the fans can see more of your work moving forward, and I hope you're going to do some more stuff with the team, like a buddy cop comedy. I hopefully I'll find a title by the time we do it. I'll, I'll, I'm sorry I let you down on that part. <laughs> But uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, man. This was great. All right, thank you, sir. Thanks, guys.
Okay, parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get on all on rates as slow as 0.99% APR for 60 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.